Right. I want to share a true story from the Bible. Who wants to hear a true story from the Bible? Oh, some of the adults. <laughs> Zeke doesn't. I've upset him again. Oh dear. Bless him. Right. If you want to come and hear a story, do you want to come and sit here? You're going to come, aren't you, Jacob? I know you will. And if you want to follow Jacob, you can sit next to me if you want. He says, I'll come down here. Can you see me? Yeah. I'm up there as well, aren't I? I'm glad the camera's there and not behind me because you just see, like, it would blind you. Hello. Good morning. Now, this morning we're going to look at a, a word called expectation. And that just means, what do we think might happen? What, how, what do we trust in? Now, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, there's a story about a king called Jehoshaphat. Now, he, he was a brave king, I think. What we know about him, he looks like he was brave. Now, King Jehoshaphat was ruler over the people of Israel, the Jewish people. But what was happening at this time was lots of other kings got together and they said, you know what, we're going to go and we're going to beat Jehoshaphat and his army. Yes, we are. We're going to fight Jehoshaphat and get a lovely smile. Somebody's listening to me. And we're going to beat him. And so these kings get together and do you know what? The message gets back to Jehoshaphat. The kings are coming with the big armies. And of course, Jehoshaphat says, Oh, what am I going to do? It's interesting. What he does is he gets the people together and they remember God. They remember the God of their ancestors. And they believe that even though there are these big armies coming against them, that God will protect them. That's a good place to be, isn't it? To know that no matter whatever we're facing, God will protect us. And that's where they found themselves as a people. And do you know what God said to them was, I'm not going to let you go and fight them. What I want you to do is to get your instruments and I want you to make music and to worship me. And so what the people of Israel do as the kings and the armies come against them is... They have a praise party. They worship God. And then what happens? As they're giving thanks to God and they're praising Him and they're saying that God's love endures forever. The kings that were coming against them, their armies started to fall over and be beaten and die. What was happening? Well... God was fighting the battle for them. The people of Israel didn't have to go into battle. Now, we don't like fighting, do we? It's not good, is it? No? Who here doesn't like fighting? No? You don't like fighting? I like, I like to hear that. Now, who's honest? Do we sometimes get into fights, especially with our brothers and sisters? Mm, yes. Shall I be honest? When I was at school, I was quite often outside the headmaster's office. Shh, don't tell anyone. That's not good. Because we're not perfect, are we? And sometimes we, we get into fights. Now, 
God fought the battle for them and they didn't need to fight that battle. And that's the same for us. Our battles might not be physical. Sometimes our battles might be how we're thinking. We might feel bad about something we've done or somebody's done something bad to us. And we can offer that to God and he will move and make it better. He won't take it away. Listen to that. Sometimes we go through things that aren't good. But what he promises is that he would be there with us. Isn't that right, Jacob? No. (laughs) So what does he promise? No, we won't go there. So this story, and it's a true story. And we use the word story, don't we, sometimes to, to mean something that's made up. But this is a true historical story of what happened to King Jehoshaphat and his army. They thought they were going to have to go into battle, but God says no. They worship, they praise God. And I want to say that actually, one of the best things for us in our battles in life is to be a people that worship God. Now, worship doesn't always mean singing. That just means recognising who God is and loving him because he loved us. When we do that, when we know that he's loved us first and we can love him back, God works for us. He does good things for us, even in the bad things that happen in the round. You're going to remember that this week? What are you going to remember? That God fights our battles and he loves us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, Brenda is going to come and bring this morning's reading. Good morning. I'm going to read from Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Brenda. Now, I just want to say before I start, there are some activities there, if you want them or need them, some colouring, some quizzes, and some plain paper for the creatives. Okay. 
So we're coming to the end of our series on looking at our cultural values revisited. And today we're looking at expectation. And I chose to look at the battle that Jehoshaphat did with the children as one example of potentially something happening that the people did not expect. The kings were coming against them and I if I was Jehoshaphat, I would have thought, well, I'm going to have to get my men, I'm going to have to get them armed up, and I'm going to have to go and fight. But God said, no, the battle is mine. I want you to worship me, to have me at the centre of your community, to bring your praises, and as you do that, I will look after the battle. So the first thing I want to say about our expectations, whatever they are, however they're shaped, whatever makes you think the way you think, hear this, God has your back. God has your back this morning. Let me ask you this question. What in life has shaped what you expect? What in life has happened to you or happened to your loved ones, happened to your family or to your friends that shapes your expectation? Because the reality is we often base what we expect on what we have seen, what we have heard, what has happened previously. And so as human beings, we're very good at flight, aren't we, or fight. And we build our reactions, how we face a situation based on what we expect to happen. I want to say that God does not always act the way we expect. We could have chosen a number of of Old Testament history stories that could have told us that God acts outside of our expectations. Do you think that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, when they were put into the fiery furnace, expected to walk out unburned, unscathed? Do you think that Daniel expected that the lion who was ravenous and hungry wouldn't eat him when he was thrown into the den? What did Joseph expect when he was sold into slavery? Did he expect to become the, the Pharaoh's number one man? It didn't happen immediately. But God, through his unexpected actions, made sure that those that loved him and worshipped him, that he was there for them, that he had their back. And so this morning we've looked at Romans 8. And in the NIV, the passage that we looked at says that we, that's you, me, anybody that follows Jesus, we are more than conquerors. And that's not because of anything that you and I have done. That's because Jesus has conquered both sin and death and its effect on us. And he's then given us his victory to own as our own. Jesus has fought the battle that we could never win. He defeated sin and death on the cross through his death 
and his resurrection. And so Jesus, I believe, this morning would say to us, live expectantly, not based on what you see, not based on what others have done for you in the past, but on what I am doing for you, not just in the past, but now and in the future. You see, Jesus doesn't work at just bringing us to salvation and stopping. He brings us into a relationship with him so that he can transform us. He can change us from the inside out so that we can be like him. But you say, Paul, I've been a Christian a long time and I still struggle. If I was to ask for a poll of hands at who struggles in certain areas of their life, I'm sure that there will be a lot of hands. I'm not going to ask you. But I'm sure there will be a lot of hands. We struggle, don't we, sometimes? People upset us and we struggle. Circumstances of life happen and we struggle. Made redundant from a job. Not treated well by the boss. Having an argument in the morning when you're getting ready with the spouse as the kids won't get ready. We've been there, haven't we? It happens. But God can work in all of our circumstances, in all of our struggles. And he says, who do you trust? Do you trust the voice that's going on in your head? Or do you trust me? Do you expect me to show up and to have your back? God says, do not fear do not have anxiety. Do not let your past experiences limit the way that I can work. Because it is I, the creator of the heavens and earth, the one who spoke and gave the stars their name, that called you into my family. It is I who comes and eats at the table with you. Who comes to commune with you, to be with you, to live life with you. Do not limit your expectations on what you see around you, but base your expectations on my promises. If God is for us, who can be against us? The same God who did not spare his own son but gave him for us graciously calls us into a relationship with him. That's quite abstract, isn't it? And it's not always that easy to say, actually, I'm going to deal with how I'm thinking. Jesus chose 12 close friends to follow him. And one by one, on the night that he was betrayed, they deserted him. They ran away. They fled for their own safety. They let him down. Sometimes, we don't expect God to work because we feel let down. Let down by our friends, our fellow brothers and sisters in the family of Christ. Maybe our own blood family. Maybe that friend that we've had since reception at school and they've been our lifelong friend they've let us down Jesus had 12 close friends 
and they let him down one by one. He knew what it was like to be let down. Yet, he didn't hold it against them. After his death and his resurrection, one by one, he went back to his friends and he rebuilt relationship. He forgave them. And he said, it's okay. You're still my friends. You're still part of my kingdom, my family. And Jesus says, if you feel frustrated and let down by others, I understand. And I'm here. And I'm willing to walk with you to get past how that might limit your expectations. Jesus stands with his arms open and says, come to me and I will stand with you. Let me give you this challenge. Is there one thing in your life this week that you would like Jesus to come with his peace, his grace, his power and his might not to change what's going on but to give you the strength and the resolve to let God do what God will do to allow him to work outside of our expectations would you do that this week what's the one thing that you want to say to Jesus now I want you to work Jesus says that no matter what is going on in our lives, nothing can separate us from him. Jesus gave these words to Paul. In all these things we are more than conquerors through Jesus who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else. That's everything in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a promise from Jesus this morning. Now I don't know about you, But I still, even with these promises, have times where I struggle and I sometimes doubt. And if that's you this morning, that's normal. We do that. But all we can do in those situations is to come back to his promises and to say to Jesus, Transform my thinking. Romans 12 says, Let the Holy Spirit transform our minds by renewing them. Basically, what we do is we give Jesus permission to change the way we think. To change those thoughts. To capture our thoughts and to hand them to Jesus. To allow him to change us from the inside out. And so this morning I want to to say, don't allow life to limit what you expect from God. 
build your expectations on his promises. And he will far exceed whatever you can ask or imagine because that's his promise to us that love and follow him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning as your people, as your children, as your loved ones. And we thank you that nothing in this world or in all of your creation can separate us from your love. We thank you that no matter what we face in life, you are there walking with us. We thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. We thank you that he gives us the power to live each day, day by day, in whatever we're walking through. My prayer is that you would know the love and the peace and the fellowship of God in all that you face this week. And take his promises and stand firm on him, the rock upon which the church is built. Amen. Amen.